Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! You know sometimes when you walk into the ground and you just fancy a quiet night with a routine win. Sometimes you get whatever that was against Brentford instead and ultimately you've just got to laugh, haven't you? This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee. Mr Lee, hello. Alright, how's it going? (laughs) Not too bad, how are you? Fine. More than fine. Um, yeah, Simon Bukowski said to me afterwards, he was like, "Are you the first Mister since Cancelo?" And I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't banter." Oh well, uh, should we? I mean, we're going to start by hearing Guardiola and uh, getting into the game that way. So, should we actually hear it in all of its glory? Because uh, it's part of uh, the wider picture. So, uh, the easiest way to analyse the, the mayhem against Brentford is to hear Guardiola's thoughts to start with. Um, he begins here by talking about Haaland's impact on the game. When I was young, one friend of mine told me never ever as a as a person I was not journalist. I'm not, and I will not be. So tell me, top score strikers score a lot of goals. Don't criticize him because he will shout your mouth. So that's for sure. But in this type of games, like Brentford, is always so really, really difficult for us because you can break maybe in transition, like Liverpool has done the last game. But uh, against us, that there are not the spaces. Uh, last season, we lost six points against them. It's a so difficult, complicated team because apart defend well, they have. Every every since the kickoff, kickoff, throwings, free kicks, corners, long balls for the keeper is a threat. Always you have the feeling they can score a goal. But we were there, we were stable, we make a better first half than the second. We found the goal and yeah, finally we can break and important three points for us. Okay. First of all, <coughs> what, what's wrong with being a journalist? For me? Yeah, what's wrong with being a journalist? Oh, I'm a manager. My life is better than yours, so... <laughs> So that's why I want to be manager. I don't want to be journalist. Absolutely. How how we be against so the biggest compliments all the time you say to me? How we be against you? No, absolutely. It's not personal, except especially with you, Mr. Lee. So, so, um, so in terms of the game, it seemed like the crowd were impatient. It seemed like the players were impatient. There was a time when they wanted Edison to kick it forward. You were saying calm down. It just seemed like nothing seemed to be at the right rhythm. I know you talk a lot about rhythm and playing at the right tempo. Was that the case tonight? No, no, like was no. I'm not agree. I'm not agree with that. We're playing incredible, right, right tempo, and of course we can do it. But uh, there is one side that is that there is a 
and our build up like me man to man and have to exactly choose the right moment because when you lose the ball they can punish you and after when the defensive deep I would love to make a transition and two passes score a goal because I have dangers for the players and the other one but we are not built for that Bernardo has not the run to run 45 meters and sometimes <laughs> you have to be another another way I understand the fans I would love to to score four goals in after a few minutes but sometimes you need the process when we can run like we did it in the goal in seven actions we can run but in other situations we have to wait we have to wait to be patient is there an element in terms of being patient did you have to tell the players at half time the crowd might want a certain thing but we need to play out our own listen we have to talk that the first half we need in the half time is for was the 230 up so so two players in the line with the lines we have a shoots and we then concede yeah we one free kick with tony But apart of that, he didn't do anything. We can see just one corner is so important as the teams. The only regret I have is that they scored a goal. I don't know what happened. We were so nervous. Immediately, Ruben lose the ball. John lose the ball. Bernardo lose the ball. And after we make a normal anxious. But after we make a long, long possessions. And uh, yeah, we finish the game like, uh, yeah, we'll deserve it. So, But it's so difficult. I give a lot of credit with Brentford because apart of being good, They had the ability with a master player, so I never seen a player with a quality like Tony that had the ability and every ball they win it. But it's not winning for winning. They they win it passing the ball for the mate and give an extra pass. And he's a, a fantastic player that helps us, you know. When you link with him, you have to defend. If you don't win that ball, you're going to defend deeper. So <coughs> Brentford maybe didn't get this season the result they get the previous season, but the team is there. So he's able to go to Wolves and win. So it is, I know how difficult it is. It's a, a fantastic team, but the way they play is a fantastic team. So we'll get into the game, Sam, and his analysis of it. But first off, the moment at the start then. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it, it, I, I sent you the, the clip from the thick of it. Is that good-natured joshing? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised, but obviously there's, there's been kind of been a mixture of journalists going, this isn't funny. And fans going, oh, he bantered off this guy, and it was like it's just, it's just not. It was basically it? two unfunny, awkward people trying to be funny with each other, <laughs> and it's and that's that's how it's come across. But like, it didn't it didn't happen like a month ago when he he said something similar like, you always ask good questions or something something like that. I can't remember what it was. but yeah. it was like I'm pretty sure he's joking. Don't really care if he isn't. Um, but yeah, it was just funny because he said that. I'm not a journalist and I never will be or whatever, or I will not be. Um, and like Don Farrell sat behind me and he like sniggered. And I was like, yeah, that was a kind of, that was just Guardiola just like, I don't know, just taking the piss. And then obviously his answer went on for longer than I thought. So as soon as he said that, and I was like, I'm just going to ask him like, because it was a mad game, like a really strange energy, really strange performance, good result, obviously. Clean sheet, by the way. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> of all the games, like, yeah. Um, so I was just like, well, I don't know. I, I, I was just feeling like, well, I'll just have a laugh. Like, he's like the two press conferences he's done before games recently have just been really short. Like on Friday before Chelsea, it was like twelve minutes, and it was just like, there's no point in asking him any questions here. The one before the Brentford game was quite short, but it was still there were still some decent answers, and he was a bit more engaged. And like, I'm, you know. I'm not bothered. There's times there was a press conference before Champions League game recently. Would it have been Champions League game recently? I can't have because it's only been Copenhagen. Maybe it was FA Cup or something. He just couldn't be bothered. 
And it was like, well, fine, like, he can't be bothered. There's no point in asking the question because I could ask him on another day and get a better answer. I'm not going to ask him twice, so I'll just keep quiet. But I was like, well, let's just have a bit of fun, like, you know, break the ice a bit. Then I'll ask him about what I want to ask him. Um, just thought, just thought it'd be funny. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I think that's how, like, the best way I've seen it described is it's not funny, but he's clearly joking. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think, but I think in the, like, in the can context, can you imagine saying my life is better than yours to anyone? Like, it's a weird <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I know, but he's just an awkward fella, isn't he? And like when he said it, I was like, I mean, I guess it is true, but I was like, is it? Like, I'm, I'm very happy with with my situation. I mean, one of us is rich and like well admired around the world, and the other one manages City. So yeah, I think we're I both. Saw that. Pretty, I saw that coming a mile. Yeah, off. there was no. I couldn't disguise <laughs> it any better, um, despite practicing it for 24 hours. Um, yeah, it's just funny. Like, it's just funny. Yeah, in the context, I think in the context of it as well, the the fact that the, the clip doing the rounds on social media is uh, it it's complete, like eight seconds. Yeah, it's like eight seconds, and it completely avoids the fact that um, it's a reference to his previous answer. Is uh, I think that, I think that adds a lot of context to it. But then um, there's more to it as well. But again, like in terms of his thing about oh my life's better, which is a weird thing to say. I was kind of like, fortunately, it doesn't really come across. But I was like, I don't know, like I get around the golf course enough, thinking like he loves playing golf. So I was like, well. I'll do that as well, mate. Like, I'm, but it, it was a shit response for me. It was a shit response for me. It, it was just like, it's just, it's just not serious. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, tell you what is serious, though, because we're, we're eight minutes into this podcast now and we haven't even talked about the game and uh, people will be frothing at the mouth for, for analysis of whatever happened there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in uh, how that game got more and more frantic as it went on rather than the other way around. You think of how games go yeah. generally. It's normally like the most frantic period is normally earlier in the game. Uh, maybe a little bit towards the end as one team pushes to try and uh, get an equaliser or a winner or something like that. Uh, but City games generally, the most frantic part is earlier on. Um, and this this just like, it, uh, the longer it went on, the the worse it got. And then City scored and you thought, well, that'll calm it all down. And it just made it worse made it still. Worse. <laughs> it did make it worse, yeah. Well, he mentioned that, didn't he, in the clip. So obviously it kind of ties ties everything together in a, in a roundabout way. Um, but yeah, he said, you know, we were nervous you mentioned all the players losing the ball. It was Diaz and Bernardo who kind of let the ball bounce in the box. It was oh god! Um, but then, like it did, it did get worse for a bit. But then, when they wanted to bring Kovacic on, and then it must have been three, four, five minutes. Maybe he was waiting to come on because City just kept the ball, mm. so they did finally start to do it. But that was, must have been like eighty-first minute onwards. The funny, the funniest um, thing about that spell of possession was um, the number of people who, like, around me and around the ground, you got got the sense of the fans in the stands had the game had got to them because any, like most other weeks, yeah. most other weeks where City are winning one nil with like ten minutes to go. When they start knocking it around and, and playing it safe, as they were doing, like a lot of people kind of relax a little bit more and go, oh, they've got into their possession, they're, they're kind of all right. But the way the game had gone to that point, it was like everybody was collectively screaming for that second goal yeah. just yeah. to kill the game off. And it like it was, th- fucking it, it it was, was mad. Yeah. It was mental. It was like that Brighton game, which we talk about a lot. Um, so I went back and looked at the circumstances of that Brighton game. And City, they'd had the draw with Liverpool, they got through against Atletico, which was a draw, but obviously, you know, basically a win because it got them through. And they'd lost to Liverpool in the FA Cup semi. And then Liverpool had beaten United 4-0 and City had to win to go top. But also, I remember that was around the time when City were just scoring early all the time in the like, big, important games. Um, obviously, not the Atletico Madrid ones. But they, they had a knack of scoring a lot of early goals. 
But then obviously they didn't get one and it was a half time. And I remember thinking, well, this is, this is just normal. But everyone was just like so on edge, I guess, because of the circumstances around, you know, needing to win to go top. The fact the early goal didn't come, just getting knocked out of the FA Cup by Liverpool. Everyone was just so on, te- uh, so on edge, so tense. And I, f- I thought that was exactly the same last night. Um, like partly because, you know, after Chelsea get back to it, um, but also because... You know, it wasn't just purely the fans going in and going, we need a goal now. That was a large part of it. But obviously, like City just weren't playing particularly well. And they just got, like, it just felt like everyone was just winding each other up, antagonising each other all night. Like, um, I was with Jack um, from the Mail this morning and he'd written about the atmosphere as well the same way I had. But he, he'd said it was like the atmosphere in the crowd spurred the players on. And he mentioned, you know, last year, the big games, especially in April and May, when it was like a great atmosphere. Um, especially you know against well this is the Champions League games everyone knows yeah Real Madrid um, but but like I feel like that was a night when everyone was on the same page last night I thought everything the fans were doing was not what the players needed but everything <laughs> the players <laughs> were doing we're, we're in different books not even on the same page not yeah. even on different what, pages of the same what book what the players yeah. were doing were either the right thing in at certain moments trying to slow things down which the fans didn't appreciate or it was just like just all out playing shit. Like the most example, Bernardo. Oh, most example, Bernardo. The most <laughs> obvious example was Bernardo just kicking that free kick out. Like that is the most obvious example from the whole night. But there was so much of it. Like the first half, there was no real pattern to it. It was very open. Guardiola kind of mentioned it there. Like they broke the lines of the run, but they only had one real chance. And it's like it is funny that he doesn't, or at least he doesn't acknowledge the jeopardy in them, like Chelsea being quite close to running in behind and having chances. Like they kind of either messed up the offside line or, you know, the run or the pass was over hit. But like, it wasn't too difficult for them to generate those opportunities to get in behind. And it felt like there was a lot more jeopardy in the game um, because of, well, Brentford's approach, but also City just being quite open. And that basically lasted for the whole of the first half until actually. So again, in terms of people being across purposes, um, Edison had the ball in his hands and everyone was screaming for him to get it forward and Guardiola was like hands up in the air telling everyone to calm down for like no, a long time it probably was like six seconds but it wasn't just a, a brief it was a very obvious kind of ostentatious you all need to calm down we need to do this a certain way um, and then after that from that came the chance where Bernardo headed it just wide but like should have scored and then a few, couple of minutes after that, they kept the pressure up and it felt like a normal City home game. And that Bob had that one, Bob had one off, off the line. line. Yeah. And then and then before half time, it kind of went back. It wasn't like fully unraveled, but they didn't sustain the pressure. And then after half time, I think Guardiola said later on, maybe he was in that audio clip, I'm not sure. He said the first half was better than the second. Yeah. And it was like the second half, like again, when, when the City fans were singing, come on City, which I always feel like that's born out of impatience. They're only singing that when they're not happy with the with the performance, I would say. And like far better for me to say as somebody who wasn't on the terraces singing it myself, but I, I would I would say that's the case. Um and then Guardiola was like, Yeah, come on, come on. But then they didn't like, like even when he tried to like harness that energy, it didn't get harnessed and nothing helped. And they carried on playing stupidly on the pitch. Everyone like you could tell I said to um Jay, our, our Brentford lad Alvarez chased somebody down in the corner. I was like, if he fouls him now, this place is going to fucking erupt. And then he didn't at first. He kind of won it back, but then lost it and then gave the foul. And the place did erupt, but it wasn't so much everyone was pissed off Alvarez. They were just pissed off with the ref. And it was one of those where like everything was just uproar. And it was just, 
it wasn't like a toxic atmosphere, but it was just a mess. There were so many emotions. It was impatient. It was frustrated. And I fuck knows what would have happened if Haaland had missed that one-on-one. Yeah, that that incident with Alvarez, by the way, um, that was in my corner. And yeah. uh, it, it's it, the first instance, he won the ball in the first instance, but couldn't quite keep it. And it was a really good challenge. And the second time around, he did exactly the same thing again. And the Brentford player just went down and the linesman went, yeah, all right then. There was no, like, it, there was no kind of foul. And it was one of them where in the situation you're in, the number of times where where you think to the attacker, just just make him kick it out. Just make him do... Like, don't actually make any contact yeah, with him. Yeah, don't yeah. put the pressure on him to, to make a bad pass or something. But mm. you don't have to win the ball. You, can, you just have to kind of pressure him. And it was an absolute kind of textbook defender has bought a foul here. That was just one of the examples of the frustration. Like, it was just... It was just everywhere, everything they did. And it just seemed, yeah, like, nothing that anybody did off on the pitch or off it calmed the situation down until it got to the last 10 minutes, which was a good nine or 10 minutes after the goal. And and then it, and then it was all right then. Um, but it was just, it was just a weird atmosphere. You know, it wasn't, yeah, it was a weird atmosphere. And I'm not like saying, oh, the fans should have done this, should because the players would kind of contributed to it as well. Like, you know, I know Guardiola said he disagreed and they played at the right tempo, but I don't know. I, well, uh, I was, maybe, I was, you know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe, maybe he genuinely does, but it seemed like he was pretty pissed off at times with them, either rushing it or playing too slowly at times. It wasn't just there. It was just like nothing seemed to be right, um, particularly in the second half. But then he obviously did say, you know, I would like to be 4-0 up and score with like two passes or whatever, but we can't do that. And there was a bit of an acknowledgement of, you know, fans need to kind of realise that. But he obviously didn't want to get into that um, on the night, um, which is fine. So uh, maybe he did feel they played at the right tempo, but I and I know a lot of people kind of got the sense that, you know, he, he was very kind of, um, rolled again, rolled up by the performance himself. It just seemed like everyone was at cross purposes. It was very unusual. Yeah, bit anxious, but quite fun in a way. Yeah. Mm, I didn't think I didn't find it that fun. I'll be honest with you. It was. Uh, I, I mean, I sent you the peep show. In meme. hindsight, uh, like, in, in hindsight, you, all right. Yeah, you can laugh about it now, but at the time, it was terrible. Kind yeah, of um, I sent you the peep show meme of um, what this needs now is an impending sense of dread, and that's just kind of how I felt for the, pretty much all of the second half throughout that game. Coming up after a short ad break, we'll continue to talk about the weirdness of the atmosphere against Brentford and we'll analyse the game a bit more. See you shortly. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. It's interesting you mentioned the counters thing, because um, the one that sticks out into my head, and I did want to to bring it up, is um, uh, when you said about Edison uh, kind of keeping the ball and the fans wanting him to play it quickly, he played a brilliant drop kick to Alvarez on the right-hand side in the first half. Yeah. And Alvarez carried down the line, uh, got to the box, looked up, saw Haaland in the middle with, what, three, four Brentford defenders in there, and he held it, and he held it, and he held it. Let everybody get back into shape and, and kind of set City up on, on one of their attacks. And everybody was frustrated that he hadn't tried to find Haaland at the risk of giving the ball away. There's the the potential for... Brentford to break again you get that that whole basketball type feel and I it made me think of the away game uh, at Brentford where I'd said I think I said on the podcast I thought it was City's best performance of the season to that point um, and one of the reasons for that was for knowing how to control what Brentford wanted to do Brentford wanted to exploit those spaces and wanted to exploit the um, the ability to hit City's high line with a quick ball over the top to Tony um, and so City spent a long time rejecting counterattacks and kind of um, making sure that they could, could force them back and, and, and press them in. And I'm interested why that didn't seem to work um, in the home game because, like the control, like we talk about the different types of players: control, pouser, and, and carrying players. And the carrying players didn't really seem to do much carrying when they were involved. Uh, the controlling players didn't seem to control it that much, um, and it, it didn't. It wasn't yeah. particularly end to end in that sense. It was just like it just seemed unstructured, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if we zoom out a little bit, they're just not playing particularly well. Over the last three home games, they've really they've really struggled. They've struggled against Everton. Um, they struggled a lot against against Chelsea. Um, more so than oh, person, I think they struggled more so against Chelsea than Guardiola did because obviously he said they deserved to win yes or yes and then when he was in the press conference before he was kind of making the point that since that Villa game they've had 15 matches 16 now but 15 matches at that point and they'd won 13 and drawn 2 and he was like in those other games we were definitely better he was like Crystal Palace definitely better Chelsea definitely better so I don't think you were definitely better than Chelsea but, but fine um, there was obviously problems in that in that in that game, particularly in the first half. And I still think for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the second half. Um, and then last night. So I I, I don't know why things um, aren't quite tied together. Like you say, the the kind of control players, like if Bernardo's giving it away most cheaply, when he's, he was the one, you know, when he came on against Chelsea, it helped as everyone kind of assumed it would. And if you think, okay, we need more control in this game, what are you going to do? You go, oh, well, if Bernardo's fit, then play him. You go, great. And if he's in the middle, brilliant. But, he just had a, a weird night, so like, like I can't blame the fans for that. You know, I, I did feel like the the demands for what the team should do were were wrong because that's just not how City play. And people should know that by now. But look, it's 
it's not a lecture, is it? It's a football match. So yeah, yeah. you go and you shout for what you want. So fine. But you can't, even if I thought it was wrong, like I understand it, but also you can't blame, you can't blame it on the players having a bad game. Like it, it just, you, on the night, you can maybe say it just happened in, in terms of, you know, Bernardo, for example, not playing particularly well, not, not just not playing particularly well, he was crap. And it's hard to say it when it's Bernardo because it happens so rarely. It's, it's, you can almost be more honest when it does happen. Um, but overall, it's just a little bit disjointed. But then I've seen people make the case, and you never know how relevant these things are, but this time last year was when they drew at Forest, um, drew at Leipzig, and they could, could have obviously lost at Leipzig. And it just felt like, what's going on? They just beat an Arsenal. Everyone thought they were back, and now they're stumbling a bit. Um, and I kind of noted that in... We had to do like the... Um, like the live piece, so it's three talking points from the game, gets published on the final whistle. And I mentioned about the team news kind of considerations. And obviously we found out in the end that De Bruyne has got niggles in the hamstring. Um, Guardiola doesn't seem too bothered about it. And the fact he's on the bench suggests that it's not a big thing, but it is just a precaution. You know, he's, he has played games recently. So I suppose it was it's not ideal, but probably expected. Um, but you've got that. You've got other players missing out. You know, the usual FPL leaks before the game. It was, okay, he's not playing. Alvarez is. And it's like he's obviously moving the team around with certain things in mind. And obviously he mentioned in the press conference beforehand because he was asked about Stones and why he didn't play against Chelsea. Is he able to play like two games back-to-back? And Guardiola's like, he can, but I needed Akanji to be in the right rhythm, which I know most people will go, well, you hold on a minute, you played Akanji over Stones and you made him go into midfield against Chelsea because you felt Akanji needed rhythm. People aren't going to buy that. Um, and then when, no Stone, how, when Stones comes back in for Brentford, he's not going into midfield. He's not going into the middle, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So people aren't going to buy that, even if there's like fully like sports, um, sports science reasons behind it. But look... People, uh, rival fans always complain that you know City click into gear at this time of year and they go on a run at this time of year. They always do what they need to do. It's be, it is because, and you know, may, maybe putting a Kanji in midfield rather than Stones, if it was mainly or largely or one hundred percent purely to get him um, fit and on a level where he can go at the same level as everyone else, and like Stones being on the bench, maybe that helped him to be ready again for April and May. That's obviously very important. At this time, maybe it costs City points. But it, the point I'm making is, if he's doing that so that everybody is ready for the crunch months, although it was Chelsea, we're not actually in the crunch months yet. And going back to this time last year when it was Forest and Leipzig, and it was only the end of March really when it started to be, oh, City have started playing well. I wonder how they'll play against Liverpool after the international break. And then it went from there. Like, I'm not necessarily expecting City to be at their very best now, but they certainly aren't. Um, and the Bournemouth game, I don't. The thing is with Bournemouth, and there's obviously the famous example where they didn't have a shot, they didn't have a corner, they didn't have a goal kick. And I think I talked about Bournemouth fans recently are like, getting really weird about City before they got relegated because it was just so talking about rage at a performance. Like it's just completely out of your hands. Your team can't do anything to stop what's happening. Like City are just controlling this match exactly how they want to. And obviously they they they've done it as a as a trait of matches in all of like their successes. That's how they that's how they do it. That's why I'm going back to, you know, the fans asking them to attack quicker. Like it's, it's not going to happen. They don't they, they don't want to and they they shouldn't do it. But at Bournemouth it always seems like they exhibit that better than anywhere else. But I'm feeling like this weekend I don't know if they've 
got the ability to go to Bournemouth and shut the game down like they normally want to. Well, like Bournemouth are probably better than ever in terms of a style matchup. That I'm not saying you know, I don't know what the score's going to be. I don't know what the result's going to be. I'm not predicting it, but Bournemouth seem well set up this time. They, they play good football. They might be a bit brave against City and try and mark man to man, which has given them problems recently. Uh, it just feels like City aren't as well equipped at the moment to to control a game. But you know, if Bernardo plays and he just sorts himself out then that will help. You know, Rodri should be there as another good game. That will help. Grealish obviously isn't going to be back. Um, so it, it does it does get trickier. But, hmm, yeah, uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be a tough game. And again, we know we're kind of straying into preview territory, but just because of the last three home games we've seen, um, although you can't really, you can't really um, discount Copenhagen. But again, Without Grealish, it was slightly different. It was—I don't think it was as bad as people were making up, but it was slightly different. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just that's the kind of trait that City need to get again, and I'm—I'm I'm not sure um, they're well set up for it. But again, like against Chelsea, like like last night, it's the point I was making after the Chelsea game. If Haaland scores his chances, then it, it doesn't always matter so much. It's not as sustainable, but if Haaland scores the chances he gets, then. It doesn't matter so much so much how they play, and yeah. that was the case last night. I was wondering and it might with, be the case at the weekend. I, I was wondering with the control element of this as well. If uh, just on the on Harland, um, he he scored a ridiculous number of goals last season, and he definitely outscored his expected goals. Um, I think he's. I think un- he always has. Is he is he not underscoring his expected goals this season? Um, he probably is now. So after Everton, I think he was back slightly above. Um, but I, I presume, obviously, because of Chelsea, he'd be massively under. Um, so he's probably probably just slipped under, under again, under again yeah. now. Um, but he, I think he always has overperformed, and that's just been what part of why he's been so good. But yeah, yeah, there's obviously a big swing there. And I just wonder if that if that is an element to this. If actually, like last season, they they were obviously very good in the in the running at controlling games and, and keeping that momentum going. Um, but I wonder how much easier it becomes to control games if you almost have that guarantee of a goal, if you almost have that that kind of 1-0 lead before you start, which they've not had at the moment. It gives the other team a little bit of impetus to try and kind of mix it up a bit, get a little bit of a, of a, of a go on the transition. And City have dropped off a little bit with, with how, they're, how they're able to deal with those transitions. I don't know. And it's because it, it's interesting that, um, you know, Stones has come back into the team and didn't step into midfield. And he went with the shape that, that basically got Walker pushing up high and wide um, and got Foden coming into the middle. And it just didn't really seem to do anything to to, to stop Brentford being able to get the ball and, and transition it forward quickly. No, no, it didn't. But again, like, they were just kind of rushing things, um, messing things up. And but yeah, like Brentford's pressing when City tried to play out from the back, like Everton and Chelsea, just caused them problems, made it harder for them to keep hold of the ball. Um, yeah, just disrupted their rhythm really. Like um, Guardiola was talking about Brentford. There was a bit there, wasn't there, at the end of the audio that you played um, about how they play. But Klopp at the weekend said they make you look like Brentford make you look awful, or make it make they make it look like you're playing badly. And that you know that's why I've said for ages Brentford's a horrible game because even going back to the first two wins that City got in Brentford's first season, they were two of the worst games to watch. And it is like that. Like Brentford do make it look like you're playing badly, but obviously City did very well a couple of weeks ago when they won um, in Brentford. Um, so there's probably an element of that last night, but also 
I'm hesitant to say this because there's always times when people are like, oh, City are playing badly. So we'll just kind of like, they've not been allowed to get in their rhythm. The other team doing really well. But I do feel like they were also making what I'd say were unforced errors as well. But it's just, it's just, it's how do you, how do you quantify that? How do you quantify what an unforced error is? Like if you're being made to feel uncomfortable all game, even when you've got a bit more time and space, do you realise or are you still uncomfortable? And is that purely as a result of what the other team are doing? Yeah. Um, But again, like if we zoom out a bit, it's not just, it's not just that one game, is it? Yeah, one moment there that you, that made me think of that is uh, in the it had been in the first half. Um, Diaz came across to cover. Uh, I think it was Walker um, with a, a run on Tony, um, and uh, he actually he got to the ball first, and he actually got there with enough time to have taken a touch and knock it a bit further wide and keep possession. And he put it into the stands, and it was one of them where he was he was clearly just thinking, "I haven't got the time here. I've got to I've got to make this interception, get rid of it, sort of thing." And then, actually, only when you consider what could have happened, he could have kept possession and City could have kept the ball. And that would probably go down as an unforced error. But actually, the the, the kind of the 30, 35 minutes beforehand where he hasn't had that time and he's been made to feel like, like he's under pressure at all times probably goes and informs how he makes that decision when he gets to that point. So, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, the, 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 other, the other thing is, as well, is it's very easy to look at... Um, uh, the result that Brentford had with with Liverpool recently, and and Liverpool were, were basically ended up beating them comfortably. Um, and the whole the whole aspect of Brentford didn't defend that well against Liverpool. Why did they defend that well against City? And I think the argument shows there that it it just highlights, I think, the difference in styles between Liverpool and City, and what what both teams are good at, um, and where both teams are, are, are susceptible because. When you like the argument can't be City should just be a bit more gung ho against Brentford because that's what Liverpool do. You can't just turn that on at the tap and it suddenly work. You, City can't suddenly go and become a transition team. I think Guardiola said it in that clip again. Um, yeah. you, you can't just because that's what they're weak at. You can't just go and do it. You can't just play forward quickly. Um, I mean, I, I'm interested as well in uh, Guardiola and the crowd because um, I saw a, I've seen a bit of reaction on online about um, when he when he was trying to g the crowd up to to get them singing, um, like after earlier in the game having told them to calm down, sort of thing, um, and people saying they can't have it both ways, that sort that sort of thing. It's like the the atmosphere in the ground. You touched on it before about uh, how you and Jack had, had both written about it. Like, what do you think he's feeling about it all at the moment? Do you think? Do you think he's? Do you think he's in a position where he's he's like frustrated by what was going on, and that that moment he's trying to g the fans up was that a come on city moment that he was that he was kind of capitalising on? Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, look, he's he's not sh- he's not shy in. There's normally one a season when he decides to make a point about the fans. We need our people. Yeah, um, and normally it's a bit more pointed than that. Um, it's been a while since he's done it, um, and yeah, like he he was he was very much going the other way last night, saying you know the atm- the atmosphere's been been good. Well, they were there when when we needed them, and you know we've got big home games coming up soon. He said United, Copenhagen, and Arsenal, so we'll need them, and I'm sure they'll be there. And there was no kind of hint of sarcasm or anything. It was genuine. Um, or you know, it sounded genuine because, yeah, I don't know how he how he feels about it, but I don't know because, like, like I was saying now, you know, with eight nine seasons in, people know how City are going to play. Mm. It's a bit pointless telling them to hurry up and rush things because that's not how they do it. But I get it, and also he 
you must know that by now as well. Like it's it's interesting that point of you can't have it both ways. I, I don't know. I wonder if he feels he can, but you probably can't, can you? You can't say don't. I don't know because no, I think you probably can. I think you can because, because I, it's the I, right atmosphere. Yeah. Because, like I say, the the atmosphere in the big games at the end of last season, it felt like everyone was pulling together and it was they were behind the team. But I don't know. I feel like is that maybe because there was faith in the team that they were going to play well because they were playing well and they had been playing well and it was like let's go and do it again. But it felt like because of Chelsea, it was more you better fucking play well. Why aren't you playing well? Hurry up and play well. It, it felt a bit more like that, and I feel like. Guardiola's in a far better position um, to say it than I am. So if he f- if he wants to say, look, calm down, don't tell us to attack too quickly because we shouldn't. And then when they're when they're singing, he's like, yes, that that's what we need. Do more of that. Yeah. Although I'm not sure, I might be wrong, but I I feel like I made that point before of that Brighton game when they're singing, come on, sit. That's because they're pissed off. And a, a couple of fans messaged to say like, oh, I'm glad you picked up on that. You know, it goes back to the old days in Division Two or whatever. You know, whatever it was. And a couple of people have replied to me today saying. The same kind of thing. I don't know if Guardiola appreciates that, but I think any kind of that was more either way. It's got, you could you could use that as constructive. You could channel it if you wanted to. I'm not sure the players on the pitch are kind of noticing the tone. Maybe they are. I'm not sure. It'd be an interesting question actually. Um, but I think Guardiola probably does think he can have it both ways. Like, don't do that. That's not helpful. But then when it comes to singing and saying, come on, City, regardless of the tone or the meaning, it, that's close enough. You know, we'll have, we'll have more of that. We'll have that, yeah. Maybe you can't have both, but maybe you just want it. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because especially from his point of view, it's like, look, it's fun. What, what do you mean? Like, and it, it's funny as well because there was but like... I, I, does it stem from like the attitude that like maybe, maybe it's wrong to think this, but maybe there was a lot of people there that thought it's only Brentford. Come on, we're better than them. Should be a, yeah, it probably. should be a lot better than this. But again, if you were to ask each fan individually, they'd probably go, tough game, Brentford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but collectively, so it's, it's, it's not the same, weird. is yeah. it? <laughs> um, I don't know. But also, like, the big complaint in the first half was obviously move the ball quicker. But I thought, and I tweeted this, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought the issue was they were moving it too quickly. And Guardiola, that was what Guardiola disagreed with, to be fair. Um, but I thought they were rushing things. And... It was funny because as the crowd was saying, like, speed up the attacks, I was like, no, like, they, they, they need to slow it down a, a bit more. Um, and it, 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 I don't know. It was, it was just a bit of a confusing night of emotions for everyone, like myself included, again, because I just thought, I feel like they need to slow it down a bit more. But then also there were times when it was slow. And again, that's why I kind of, I mentioned to Guardiola in the question about the right tempo, because I wondered if, it wasn't all too slow and it wasn't all too fast. It was just everything seemed to be wrong. Whatever they were trying to do was wrong for that particular moment. But he disagreed with that. And, you know, maybe he genuinely believes that. And, you know, fair play, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> I can't sit here and say, oh, look, aren't I so clever? Guardiola's backed up what I've said about Gundogan, about Pauza, whatever. And then when he disagrees with me, he go, yeah, I think he agrees with me, really. Like, you can't have it, you, you can't have <laughs> you can't that have it both ways. ways. Yeah. You can't have that both ways. Um, so yeah, like if, if if he felt they genuinely did play at the right tempo in the first half, anyway, then yeah, fair enough. But I, I yeah, my my feeling anyway was while everybody wanted it move quicker and attacking quicker, I thought that was the issue. They were I just thought they were rushing it too much. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members though. Go to lmtpod.com if you want to sign up for those episodes. They're longer, they're ad free. Sam, what are members getting in this one? 
Yeah, Oscar Bob's contribution, Akanji getting man of the match, um, De Bruyne's fitness and the fans asking for him and what Guardiola's reaction would have been. Uh, we look at some stats regarding City's finishing this season and the main fella, Erling Haaland. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.